This is the moment you've all been waiting for. Live with the best father and son team on the internet. It's time for Homie and the Dude. What is up, everyone? This is Homie and the Dude, the father and son. MMA and TTRPG podcast, and we are the destination for the baddest assist NPCs in the entire planet, planet, realm, universe, yep. wherever, planes, uh, everywhere. Like, <laughs> if you want an NPC, come to us. We, we might hook you up. Um, we are absolutely ecstatic for many reasons. One is that we consider David Tilstra a budding friend of ours so we're super super excited to get to know you a little bit more but david tilstra is the dm from from afar podcast is also a voice actor and we are also in a campaign together for the underground oracle playtest campaign so we're all having a bunch of fun with that but introducing you to david tilstra david what is up hello thank you for having me here i'm super super excited to to be here and talk to you guys and get to know you all a little more because like, like you said, that, that campaign, <laughs> it's been wild so far. <laughs> like he, I, I love, love him to death. And all the, all the twists and turns he's been throwing that story have been honestly amazing. So <laughs> don't, I think yeah. it's, it's definitely one of the funnest campaigns I've ever played. And it's one that I really, really look forward to on a regular basis. Mm. And do you know what's interesting? I, at some point, I'd love to talk to you about like Keith's style versus your style, and I'm a DM as well, like versus my style, and kind of you know like dissect that a little bit and, and get your opinion on how Keith kind of runs his games and and what your thought is on all of that. Because I think Keith's style is one that I've only really encountered once in terms of I've never really seen any DMs that do things like he does as well as also um, uh, just a few other bits and bobs. But first of all, mm. I wanted to pause for a second and rewind to a time earlier in your life a long long time ago if, if, uh -huh. if, if you can if you can humor me thanks for watching this episode we really appreciate you supporting homie and the dude please hit us with the holy trinity like our facebook page subscribe to the youtube channel and follow us on instagram just search at homie and the dude it all really helps to a time when you were taking improv classes at sak comedy club uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> is that where this all started for you? Is this where this whole love began back there then oh, wow. when you were younger in your teen years? Wow. Yeah. I haven't thought about, uh, yeah, I haven't thought about SAC in a while. <laughs> um, yeah, that's actually, that's a really interesting question. Cause I think, yeah, I think that is, um, I've always been sort of, uh, just into the idea of like performing and acting and, doing this sort of stuff like my mom uh when i was growing up my mom was like a director of like like high school plays and it's like not not like community theater but like just plays yeah. at our schools and occasionally around the community yeah. and stuff so like when i was little i would always go with her when she was like practicing with the actors and i would just sit there and watch and watch these people doing these improv exercises and performing and acting and stuff and i always remember being just like oh that's really really cool um and then I did a little bit of that growing up. But then in high school, I moved from Michigan to Florida between mm -hmm. my freshman and sophomore year. And there was this, this comedy club down in 
in Orlando that my cousins took me to like my first weekend there because I was I was all alone. I was like, oh, I don't know anybody. I don't know what to do. Um, my cousins took me to this comedy club. And I remember sitting there being like watching these improv actors, like just make this stuff up and just like have like the audience in the palm of their hands. There was like no script and there was just nothing. It was amazing. And I remember thinking like, oh, I really want to try to do this. Yeah. So we, I, I signed up for classes and I started doing it. And then I just realized improv was just this it's weird it's it like just this like method of like living basically if that makes sense where where you're just yeah. like it just kind of teaches you to be okay with being awkward it's <laughs> yeah. like all improv is and then so i was doing that for a while and i really fell in love with that and we did a, a couple uh different like random improv teams in my high school mm. and like just around around Orlando and then one one day my little brother who's who's on the podcast with us uh yeah. he 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 showed up and he's like hey I got this game do you want to play it and I was like what is it he's like Dungeons and Dragons and I was like <laughs> I never ever want to play that game <laughs> that's, that's the nerdiest thing I've ever heard he's like no 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 try it try it and I was like okay we tried it and ever since then i have been kind of hooked on it and yeah it, it, that's a that's a good point it really it really is this nice mixture of like storytelling and then improv and just like being with a group and just having a really good time um and yeah so i think that that was a, i think that's a very long-winded way of saying yes <laughs> that's where it all started <laughs> so so I, I do have a question about yeah. uh, the timeline of when andy came to you and said hey you want to play this mm -hmm. game but before i do that can i just make a comment dude your voice is so like i don't know it's like butter it's like southern butter to me it's like it's it's, 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 it's a, strong yeah so they yeah. called me in high school actually southern butter <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a that's a that's a great nickname that's all right so, so let's go back i, I, I want to get around um, just want to get a reference point of, mm. of when that conversation happened between mm. you and your brother. That, let me think. Um, that was probably right around. So the first time I ever played TTRPG, I think was like 2000. And. Oh, man. Maybe like. 13 2013 so like that was the first time we ever played and then uh played a little bit here and there and then i moved to los angeles in 2000 2015 yeah and at that point uh because I, I, I work in the film industry mm -hmm. I, yeah. I do some screenwriting and then just some random like production stuff so when i yeah. first moved out here i was driving uh like camera trucks and like grip trucks just all over LA so I just had a lot of time in the car to myself because LA traffic is awful um so I at that point I, I started listening to the Adventure Zone mm -hmm. um which is an amazing uh TTRPG show which actually I've had this thought it kind of reminds me of what you guys are doing it's like a family in the in like the podcasting TTRPG space just like talking doing advice yeah it, it's just really it's really cool so at that point 2015 2016 is when i really started picking 
TTRPGs back up because when I first started playing it in like 2013, it was just like just fun, just yeah. whatever. And then 2015, 2016, that's when I started getting the idea for um, the for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and yeah. So you you in 2015, so you, you had this like early start and it's a bit more fun, and then you mm. kind of come around and you're listening to this podcast and you get an idea. Mm. Um, I know you guys ran uh, Storm King's Thunder or or. I, I can't remember the order that those words go in. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it can either King Storm Thunder or I, mm. I don't know. It's some 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 <laughs> some order there. Um, the 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 Wizards of the Coast campaign, and I know mm. you kind of talked about how that was like your prep for you guys stepping into a Far From. Um, I want to ask you like a, 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 an interesting choice of because mm. a lot of dungeon masters, especially running uh, actual play podcasts and stuff run mm. things in a homebrew world that is like their own setting and things like that. Mm. I know that you run uh, your stuff in, uh, isn't it Feyrun in the Forgotten Realms at the moment? Mm. Um, but mm. you've got your own campaign that you've, that you've written for it, but it's within the Forgotten Realms, right? Well, what led yeah. to that choice? Because obviously, you know, you come back into TTRPGs, you're thinking about, you know, you've just finished Storm King Thunder. Is that like, cool, I'm going to write in like a space that I understand? What led to that decision? It was it was more like yeah like what you just said it's I the the first really the first time I ever DM'd was when we started doing the show uh-huh. um, so when we did Storm Kings which you got you got right by the way so well done it was the right <laughs> the right order and combination of words um, when we did Storm Kings uh, another member of our show was DMing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once we started actually recording the show, that's when I started DMing. And I think it was more just a, a kind of just to have a point of reference for the players of like, oh, like this is this village, this is this city, this is what this race means in this world. Um because I think it just to take a little bit of pressure off of off of me for the moment, just to be like, I, I don't wizards of the coast and the D world have done such a good job of making such a, a beautiful like colorful world at that at that point i was like i don't i don't need to like reinvent the wheel they've already kind of got it going um but moving forward i think i'm gonna like do a new like a homebrew setting because mm-hmm. i just think it'd be really fun nice nice yeah. do you know i i think that's you know uh, a space that's crazy. I like I like your point about re- remaking the world, and it's interesting because mm. for me, as someone who, uh, like, I think coming into D and D, I saw the Forgotten Realms and was like, oh my god, there's so much lore. I yeah. was like, oh, yeah. there's just so much to absorb and so much to take in, and so much to have to you know um, be able to reference and know about. And I like in my head, I I, I pray. I play pretty low fantasy in terms of like for, for my players. I'm not Keith, Keith, this is another thing that I find very interesting about Keith's games. I'm super low fantasy. So for me, Keith's game is the like highest fantasy shit that I have ever endured. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really, really wild for me as someone mm-hmm. who typically is talking about, you know, like spellcasters are rare within, yeah. you know, communities and, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, but I think I was looking at the forgotten realms, like, Jesus Christ, that wheel that they've invented is so much for me to try and clamber on and learn that mm-hmm. it almost deterred me from doing that. And I ended up doing the homebrew first. But I like oh, wow. the fact that you've come back round 
and gone, you know, I, I, I've now done this. Now I'm going to like go back and create my thing. I think at some point, honestly, I might do the opposite and go <laughs> test out what they've got yeah. and see yeah. what's going on there. Because I do have um, Dragon Heist, Waterdeep, like the book and some of the other mm. like campaign books for the Forgotten Realms. And, mm. you know, they're really good. The settings are really lush. I love what they've got there. So, you know, I really can't massively complain, but I did just want to get my like, my vision of course. first i think i was a little bit desperate to get it out yeah, of course but i think that's that is actually it's funny you say that because that's one of the things that has stressed me out the most about doing a, a story like doing an improv like yeah. group storytelling story in a established world because there'll yeah. be times where like uh andy christian or knox will like ask something about like oh how many how many people are in water deep and i'm like i don't know seven it's like like that that already exists so i'm like oh shit i i have no idea (laughs) so if uh i think moving forward i think it will be an interesting thing the next the next time i'm in charge of whatever story because i don't we don't know i don't know if i'm going to be if i'm just going to keep staying in the dmc like next season or next chapter or whatever or if like one of the other people are going to take over but next time i am in the the driver's seat as it were um Mm. I think I'm going to do some sort of like full on homebrew world. Cause then I, then when I do make up those answers, it's just like, whatever, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll literally always be right. Which is the only point of, of being a DM is you just always want to be right. So. <laughs> <laughs> so let me, let me ask you. Uh, so there's, there's going to be probably a little pattern here. You might notice yeah. that um, Bodhi is going to, Bodhi is going to probably be a, 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 probably a lot more interested in just the under mechanics and underpinning aspects mm-hmm. of D <laughs> and i'm i'm just a little bit more intrigued by uh by just some of you and some of your behavior and what i've noticed about you Sweet. david that i think is interesting is just even in this the first couple minutes of this podcast you're very reflective and you're able to uh take a step back really add full context and bring it up to you know coming around to addressing a point and there's a there's an element of it that feels very present like you're listening pretty deeply about things and you're letting those things sort of digest. Is that something that uh, feels like it's been developing over time and you've gotten to a mm-hmm. point where you can do that better now, or does it feel like that's kind of how I operate and how I've always operated? Well, that's, first of all, thank you. That, that, that means a lot as a very high compliment. <laughs> um, but to answer the question, I actually kind of feel like it goes back to improv because one of the things I love about improv and one of the things i think makes it so powerful is it most people just see it from a sort of a performance standpoint of like ooh, this is how to be funny or this is how to make a funny joke uh but like for me improv is really more just like a a way to look at life because from a certain aspect like all of us are improvising constantly like for the most part you don't wake up and have a script of like oh i'm going to say this to this person today i'm going to go do this with this person so like if you if you think about it that way like we're always sort of doing it and one of the one of the best ways to improvise and one of the most effective ways to improvise at least from my standpoint is like to go into it with like a yes and mindset of like always being present and always just listening to like oh like this is what my scene partner is saying so that's how I have to respond because like mm-hmm. that's the, one of the things like they taught us in like early improv is like if you go into a scene with like a preconceived notion of how that scene's going to go you're already wait can I curse 
yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. You're already <laughs> if you fucked. Go in, yeah, exactly. You're already fucked. You're literally already fucked. Like, if you go in like, I'm going to have this conversation be about apples. And then you're seeing partners like, so how do you like cars? You're like, oh, I <laughs> apples are great. And then they're just like, what? So like, <laughs> if you, I feel like once I started learning improv, that was when that sort of mentality started to grow because it's like yeah it's it's one thing to just like kind of be arrogant and like push your own ideas on people but like if you're if you're going into everything with like a, a, an ideology of like oh like i'm going to listen to what this person's saying i'm going to be here with this person i'm going to do my best to make them look good no matter what happens you're always going to be they're always at least going to have fun or the conversations or your scenes or whatever happens in life you're always it's going to be more or less successful so i think that answered your yeah. question sorry again that was kind of roundabout i no. i ramble a lot <laughs> hey don't, don't i actually i, I want to come back to some of your your, your styling because uh, talk about some of our uh uo game a little bit but yeah. what, what i want to talk about with the improv because tom tom did acting stuff when he lived in la as a nice doing doing similar stuff to you except going down the acting route in la when he was young and <clears throat> douchier may i say um and <laughs> Um, no, and, no, you're such a nice guy. <laughs> and, and um, you know, I also studied acting at, uh, at college for two years. And again, I did improv. Imp- I have an improv. I had an improv class every Friday, and oh, yeah. um, it was my favorite class by like a long stretch because it allowed my freedom and my creativity to roll. Also, I'm not a Shakespearean actor. Uh, I'm not very Brechtian either. Uh, I'm I'm definitely fit into more Stanislavski, a bit more like uh, emotional memory and, you know, mm. pulling on like method acting more for me is yeah. where I kind of get most of my stuff from. And I think um, for me, the improv really allowed me to hone that and, and grow it in a way. And I think one of the big things that's been consistent from what I was taught in that class where you were taught what, when we spoke to Mark Garcusha, um, DM of the Cast Eye podcast. Love, um, love that gentleman. He is a in, cast is amazing. Yeah. Indeed. And, uh, and also, um, uh, Amir. Oh my, Amir, thank you so much. Mm, um, mm. From Dimples and Dice. Um, all of us basically have agreed that a big part of it is, like you said, and it's been described to different people in different ways. I was taught it is do not block the person who you're with. Exactly. So yeah. they they say something and you're like, yes. I like They're like, oh, mm-hmm. why would you do that to me? And you're like, because you stepped on my foot and that fucking yeah. hurt. You know, kind yeah. of thing. And you just you, you roll with it and you, you, uh-huh. you let that go. And then I think the other big thing was, so the say yes and, or like as Mark puts it, find a reason to say yes, or as yeah. I'm putting it, don't block people, mm. you know, um, that. And then also the uh, the almost like, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Like basically the way that you look at it in of that we're trying to grow this scene together, we're trying yeah. to nurture it together and we're not trying to, um, in any way inhibit it it becomes this space of like pure natural back and forth and like you said this mm-hmm. like flow in this like love between you where if like you said someone comes in with a preconceived notion it ends up really suffering and I think mm-hmm. the big way and you said this second year, to really make sure that you don't do that is mm-hmm. by going in and trying to make your partner look like the the star of the moment yeah and 
And what's interesting is when you get two people who are doing that to each other, you have a crazy scene. The scene ends up being amazing and yeah. flourishing and both people really like setting each other up for beautiful moments and mm-hmm. it ends up being really beautiful. And that's what I really think, you know, when you watch really big professional D&D podcasts, you know, talking about like the the, the apex predators, the roles, the dimensions, the, you know, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. know the, the high roller, you know, all those people, they have this level of understanding of that. And it means that when it does come to the role play, even though they're playing their character to the truest form, Mm. They're also going, you know, at the end of the day, every D&D group would break up if if everyone played their character realistically. Like in our yeah. UO game, I would have been like, fuck this shit. I'm not going on a crazy adventure. I'm way too scared for this. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not about that. And it's one of those things where you find a reason to say yes. And I think actually in our UO game, Tom and Jess did a really good job of being resistant to that at the beginning. Yeah. And then finding reasons to come around uh, and, and for their own personal character growth. And I think... It's one of those things that really does, you know, elevate you as a performer if you can do. But I, I just wanted to agree with you on yeah. improv really feels like a style of acting that is just truth. It's like you said, it's the closest form to life without like it's not that you can't do a script really well. You know, we see amazing yeah, actors of course. all the time, but it comes down to if you are improvising, it ends up getting this modicum of honesty from you that you that you're not expecting to put into it like i was doing a, a monologue the other day as a as a female um, vigilante in our world mm-hmm. and um for her this this rebellious political movement really means a lot to her so mm-hmm. she's describing a holiday that is centered around this rebellion they they basically march uptown and there's like a raising of fists and like a lot of like everyone starts dancing and like screaming in the streets in protest and mm-hmm. While I was doing it, I just started like crying. I was like, and like to the character, it meant so much. And to me, like, I was like, this means like mountains. And it ended up just pulling that emotion out of me and I couldn't even control it. And I was like, that's what I love about improv. That like truth that you almost can't stop. It almost comes out because you're, you're forced to bring it out. Mm. Um, Not much of a question in there, but. (laughs) No, no, I I agree with that. It's, if, if you can, if you can like, I don't say lower yourself. If you can lower those barriers around yourself mm-hmm. in, in those moments with those characters, you just can get some, like get to some like honesty, like you said, and get to some truth. And it's, it's beautiful. I think, I think if, if everyone can get to a moment like that in these TTRPGs and these, in this whole, in these stories we play, I think that'll be the moment that they're like, okay, yeah, I'm, I love this. Like I want to do yeah. this forever and always. Cause it's, it's like weirdly cathartic. You can, you can deal like you can, deal with stuff you can like stuff that's been bothering you in, in your real life you can like kind of put it on your character and be like oh like how would you be deal this, with this situation and kind of have a little safe space to like experiment with yeah. some thoughts and feelings you might not necessarily be comfortable with showing in real life so i think that's yeah, yeah i love it I love what you said full support <laughs> yeah and i would even build on it to, to yeah. build on what you were saying david which is we when we discover that moment it's amazing. It can be transformative for our experience within a TTRPG, but it's also, and I'm going to be general right now because not for yeah. everyone, but oh, yeah, yeah. for a lot of us, we seek out that moment. We are hopeful to, to, to have that moment happen in life, mm-hmm. in life, but you oh, know, yeah. and, and also we sit at the table um, hoping that that magical like interaction happens or that magical like idea gets, and, and everyone can kind of know when it's happening. It's a real mm-hmm. time 
acknowledgement of oh shit this is happening right now like there's some really mm-hmm. really good shit <laughs> yeah. happening like if these dice roll a certain way this mm-hmm. could be this could fuck some shit up or this could make some shit like it could you know yeah. it's a really cool like energy that happens mm-hmm. in those moments mm-hmm. yeah uh, i totally agree i yeah i i used to play in uh the adventure league uh mm-hmm. yeah which for a moment i was like oh yeah this is gonna be great like playing D and D every week with like a whole bunch of people. This is going to be so cool. And I started doing it and I quickly realized that like, don't get me wrong. I love adventure league. If you want to play it, play it. That's, that's, that's your choice. But like, because of the way it's set up, they sort of have to take all those moments out and it's like just the dice rolling. And it was, yeah. it was interesting to see that the other side of TTRPGs when it's just like, here's just the mechanics. Like yeah. if you if you try to role play, if you try to have some of these like emotional moments, these like life changing moments, like we don't we don't have time for that. We have yeah. fifty five people at this table. <laughs> just <laughs> damn dice. Did you hit? No, cool. Moving on. So it's it's yeah. an interesting uh, like flop because I, I I know a lot of people at least in the space that like we all sort of exist. Mm. It seems like everyone really likes to focus on and and talk about like the role play aspect of it, which is like one of my favorite aspects of it too but it's it's interesting because like this, this is why i brought this up the, there's nothing as frustrating but also as, like potentially as funny or as like if you're having one of these emotional moments of like oh yeah my character here's growth here's all these backstory lore drops whatever i'm gonna roll for the, oh damn it it's a one shit <laughs> um what do I do? But like, I think that it just adds such a unique element to the game where like, you can be having all these really cool moments and then the dice can be like, no, not today, fool. Mm. And then you have to learn how to like incorporate those moments into the story or you have to realize how to move past that and still have that like awesome anime moment as a character. I think that's, I don't know. It's just, it's a really fun system and I, I enjoy it quite a bit. I think, do you know, I, I, I really agree with that because, mm-hmm. and I would say, for, for example, for me, like, if we talk about just take, like, for example, Brennan Lee Mulligan and, and Matt Mercer, if we take them uh, as, as examples, mm-hmm. Matt is very serious and finds a lot of his beat and rhythm in seriousness. And like, like we talked about those moments that are big character development moments and um, often relies on, you know, the dice telling Matt being that good and that coming off in that way but i think one thing that i love about brennan lee mulligan and his style Mm -hmm. and that i've tried to really pick up from him is like you said those moments where there's this big build up and then something goes wrong there's some sort of like dice roll that goes wrong or even just a decision in his mind that allows for him to take this serious moment and turn it into pure silliness and pure like (laughs) comedy in just the flick of a second and don't get me wrong it's not everyone's style it's something i really really appreciate but i think mm-hmm. like you said in terms of dynamically changing those like hu- like high energy high emotion moments into then something that really reflects what the dice actually did do you know what i mean mm-hmm. i think for me is something i really really value and really really uh i guess like enjoyed about Brendan Lee Mulligan's style when I first uh, invested some time in watching uh, his style of DMing mm-hmm. and learning a bit from him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's one of those ones that is very, very odd. I wanted to like ask you based on like mm-hmm. all of this, when, you, when you're when you going into like improv and stuff with your yeah. brother, 
friends are one thing, you know, and strangers are another thing. How is it doing it with your brother where you are, you guys are being vulnerable? And I obviously family, you know, you're in some, some families are really open with each other. Like our, our family, I don't think yeah. we've had a secret from each other in, in like 10, 15 years at this point. And so, That's awesome. you know, we, we, you know, I think some families are like that. And then other families I know are like, oh, like I haven't, my dad doesn't know that I'm gay, that I have this job, that I live mm. in this country, that I do this, you know, like. So it's, it's entirely, how is that for you guys? Do you find that vulnerability is able to break through when you role play or was it already kind of there when you went into it? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. Um, real, real quick. I just want to say, I, I love you guys. You guys are amazing. I think like the whole like father, son, like everything you just said, I love it. Like, it, like when you came onto the, the UO game, I was like, who are these two guys? This is, <laughs> this is wild. And then like, but, like seeing you guys interact with each other and just like how connected you both are is, is super inspiring. And I, I mean, I, I, I have, a, I have a father and I, it's, it's just, I don't know. There's just something about the father son relationship. It's like super into it, but yeah, you guys are amazing. Um, Quick, quickly to touch on that, yeah. just so like, so, you know, we haven't always been like this as well. Like me and Tom, actually, I was very close with my mother mm-hmm. till I was about 16, 17. And then Tom started meditating and basically like started looking at himself a little bit. And through him mm-hmm. doing that, I kind of began a journey of self-reflection myself in, oh, in awesome. a different method. And eventually we found each other as like father and son again. But for there was years where I called Tom, Tom, and then at mm. some point he was my basketball coach and I called him coach for th- like two years. <laughs> I literally called like around the house. I'd be like, yo, coach, can you pass me the water? <laughs> like, fucking. And can you so come tuck was, me in, coach? <laughs> it was a different relationship. And so, mm. but it's one that has taken time to formulate. And but I really appreciate that. And it's something that it? we've put a lot of effort into to get to the point where we're at now. There's been, a, there's been a huge uh, arc, character arc, story arc for <laughs> both of us, you know, to get to where we are. And I think mm-hmm. in the end, I mean, we'll just we'll circle back to this in a, in a, in a second. But uh, yeah. for us, um, you, you start looking at just, all, you know, all the stuff in your life and, mm-hmm. you know, career is one thing and friends and family. And you start trying to put priorities on things. And for us, this mm-hmm. is a big priority. Like, yeah. um, you know, awesome. in, in the end, we, we try, you know, we, we try not to think about these things, but nothing is promised you know t- nothing is promised so yeah. just capture the most important thing on death daily is day. everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> like, yeah. but like you know, for real so like mm. you know capture it and grab it and hold it and like store it away uh yeah. every single time keep doing it and doing it and doing it do it don't ever get tired banking it shit. Yeah. yeah bank that shit absolutely so anyway uh, yeah, no, yeah it's, back it's, to you, it's sorry. super inspirational what you guys are doing i, I every time we, we play with keith i'm just like now this is so cool like i, I, I just i love seeing it <laughs> Um, yeah of course and sorry just just to kind of keep gassing you guys up a little bit like the episodes of your show that i've listened to which i love by the way you you guys your 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 energy is is so much fun and you can just tell that connection you guys have it's super super inspirational love it thank you of course um so you asked a question about andy andy (laughs) vulnerability improv with andy yeah um it's 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 weird um because we we also have me and andy so i, I have two brothers um uh, and I'm, I'm very close with both of them and honestly our, our whole family is very close um but my older brother matthew uh he 
he traveled overseas a lot when we were when we were growing up like he lived in spain for a year then argentina for two years and then was like in morocco or monaco i forget exactly he was somewhere he's been all over the place um so there was there was a a couple year period where it was just me and andy at the house and we got really close and that's when a, a lot of our similarities started to or our, our, our um, not similarities our um like common hobbies and just com- common things that we like doing kind of really like came to the forefront we both really like video games we like storytelling we like hanging out with friends and all that other stuff so with those couple years of of really it being just me and andy because my family also moved around a lot growing up mm. um we we did get really close so doing improv with andy really feels quite natural because we've we've done it quite a bit and then also we've we've been on a lot of the same teams and we've, we went to the andy went to sac too yeah. um at orlando and we we both learned that around the same time and we've we've performed a lot with each other and it's 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 something that i value almost more than the show itself actually is the the relationship i have with andy as well as uh christian and now because we just got a new cast member um knox and we've we've only known her for a couple about two years now but like even even that relationship is to me the show is second the relationships and like the the memories we make in the in the moments we all improvise together are really what is worth it because it is it is hard at times but one thing i like about doing virtual uh ttrpgs is if it ever gets hard i just look away from the screen and then I'm in a room by myself, so I can do whatever silly voice or whatever whatever wild scene I need to. But no, there's there's really never been like a a tough or like a challenging point when it's come to like being vulnerable or improvising with this group. And that's that is one of the reasons I actually we started. That's one of the reasons we started the show was because when I moved to LA and when I was listening to the Adventure Zone and when I was starting to get more into like the idea of dnd podcasts it was it was just a really new like time in my life it was the first time i like really moved out on my own it was the first time i was like trying to like get my career going and the first time i was like oh so this is what it means to be an adult yeah. um and uh just as a as a way to like stay in touch with andy that's kind of what i I wanted to start the podcast for and it's it's turned into this like connection point that we have now and it's 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 such a huge part of our lives that like it's i don't know i i feel like i'm, I'm drifting off topic a little bit but the no you're not. no 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 i think the, we're, we're we're actually in that space i think we're about to yeah. hit i think we're about to hit the point you're about to hit the moment um but yeah no i think just that i think at least for me, the the idea of it being difficult or challenging to be vulnerable with my little brother on in the TTRPGs, I think it's it's always a little bit difficult because I don't think there's any any sort of in, in acting and in in storytelling you always have to be vulnerable and it's never easy. Yeah, but if you're able to get through those, those slightly awkward, slightly tough moments, I think 
if both parties are willing to be vulnerable, you can get to some like genuine magic. And I think yeah. that's the thing I, I value most about doing this with Andy and Christian and Knox is we, we've been vulnerable with each other in the past. So it's, it's easy to be vulnerable moving yeah. forward. And now I feel like the, the stories we're telling are, are less just like slapstick goofy, which I love. And that's, that's like, speaking of styles, that's one of my styles, just being just like a goober. Um, <laughs> but now the, like, kind of like what you're saying with like Brendan Lee Mulligan, like those, those hot, those like transitions are like deeper because there's been yeah. so much vulnerability. It's like, we can tell fart jokes and we can talk about, Oh, I, I'm going to kill this guard with my spear by sticking it up his butt. And then all of a sudden switch <laughs> over into like, oh, but yeah, this is this is why I really left home to like <laughs> find myself and to to find my parents, like all this other stuff. So I think yeah, I think it it is difficult, but mm -hmm. the because it's difficult, it makes it valuable, I think. Let, let me ask you this, because yeah. I think a big part of what you're saying and from what I hear is like there's an element of trust. There's a oh, with vulnerability, there's an element of trust and there's something where, you know, like you mentioned, you know, you've only known this, this newer girl for, uh, you know, two years or so, but mm. there's still, like you said, it still feels new in the TTRPG space and that improvising space and that like energy zone, you know, still feels new. Uh, mm. I wanted to ask you, if anything, did your mm. years of climbing in gyms uh, teach you like to build your trust and to grow that kind of trust barrier with people? Like, because obviously when you're belaying with people and whatnot and you need to be able to communicate correctly, also if someone's spotting you when you're bouldering mm -hmm. and whatnot, like does, did, did that build that trust for you and that like resilience and that ability to trust in some cases a random stranger? That was, that was masterfully done. Thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> yes, it did. Uh, because, I mean, you, you hit it on the head. Like you can't be like doing top rope stuff with, like by yourself so you have to be able to communicate and like hey i i can't reach this next hold or like i'm super scared right now <laughs> like, yeah what yeah. what do i do um <laughs> it's yeah i mean that, that yeah i think i think definitely it helped a little bit um yeah. it's it also just rock climbing is very very fun <laughs> oh it's i mean um, i mean and as, as far as exercises go I, mm -hmm. I i did rock climbing in high school for for many years um mm -hmm. and i've never come away feeling muscles that I'd never felt before in my life, like mm -hmm. back muscles, forms, finger muscles that I'd be yeah. like, Oh my God, my pinkies hurt. Like my <laughs> pinky fingers hurt. I'm like, I don't even know. I've never done anything with these, but they yeah. hurt somehow. That, that was, yeah. Every, every time I like don't climb and then I start climbing again, I'm just like, wow, <laughs> there's so many muscles that <laughs> hurt right now. <laughs> That's also just cause I'm very out of shape, but uh, <laughs> Dude, dude, the TTRPG community uh, at the end of the day could probably do at this point with the lockdowns and the pandemic. We'd all do with a good Zumba class together. I think. <laughs> I, think I think we should do it. <laughs> do, yeah. do, get to the the way these adventurers actually look in our heads. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think I think I think you're absolutely right. I think that especially especially when it comes to like, it's one thing to to do a TTRPG or a role-playing game like off air. Um, like, I think it's, it's still a beautiful, wonderful thing, but like kind of like what you guys are doing, like having the, 
like the, the performance aspect of it or like the deliverable aspect of it. Like you definitely need that trust. And like, it's, it's really cool to like watch what you guys are doing. Cause like, this is like a very well-oiled machine. Like the, 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 the questions are handing back and forth to each other. And it's just, I, I felt, I felt very uh, safe and cared for this entire time. So like, it's, I, th I think anytime we're, we're putting a product or a, a putting content out for people, like, you got to do it with people that you absolutely trust. Cause if not, you're going to crash and burn. It's just like, okay, well, this is just a waste of my time. Now I guess I have a couple episodes of a podcast that I'm never going to listen to again, but <laughs> no, it's, it's cool. I, it's a very important aspect in, in my life. And I, especially in, in this space. Do you know what? You're, 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 you're literally the first person who's like called us out on like <laughs> us doing our thing. It's so interesting. And mm -hmm. it's something Tom and I talk about a lot because for us, mm -hmm. we learned. So we actually did a podcast. I oh, think nice. it's nearly, nearly 10 years ago now. Yeah. Oh, and wow. we did a podcast together with a friend of ours and we released three episodes and the feedback we got from the first episode was please god never do this again <laughs> and then like and then like the next couple were literally people just being like this is awful like please <laughs> please stop what you're doing oh, never no. quit your jobs and it was like really brutal and i think then when we decided to do this and come back around and start doing this we realized that like with anything, and it's interesting because Tom and I both come from heavy sports backgrounds. I played every sport as a child I physically could mm. get my hands on. Tom yeah. uh, was my coach, coached basketball for many years, played mm. lots of sports, mm. and you know we've done martial arts and everything. We've, we've covered as many sports as we can. So mm. when it comes to solving things and learning things, both of us come at it sometimes from a sporting perspective. So when it comes to like acting and you know doing this podcast and stuff we see it as like practice cool we've got oh, to put cool. in the hours we oh. we see it as like cool we have to learn and we after every podcast we do we assess each other we kind of talk about what we thought we did good what we did better like mm. we talk about it after our live streams uh when we do our sessions with you guys we have a debrief the next day and talk about what we did good what we could do better like and it's something that we very much put into a lot of aspects of our lives but with the podcast specifically like mm. we learn early on, like before we would talk over each other and yeah. we, we used to do it separately. We realized doing it separately doesn't work as good. We needed to do it together. Now that we're in the same room, it works a lot better, but we're talking over each other. We weren't blending our questions. Well, now we actually, and I'll, I'll, I'll give this up for the camera. Why not? Um, we actually have <laughs> a, a, a system at which we communicate to each other behind the, behind like the, the computer and down here, we have a system how we communicate. So, if I want to ask a question or follow up, I go like this. If Tom wants to do it, he goes like that. Hell if I yeah. want Tom to ask a question, I point at him. If he wants me to ask a question, he points at me. If we think it's time to wrap up, we start being like, cool, this one, last question, or like me, last question, you know, kind of thing. And we That's just so basically cool. do hand signals to each other back here so that we aren't bumping into each other when we do it. And it's, it's been a, such a learning process. And I would say yeah. also oh, yeah. the three-person three dynamic Mm. is different than the two-person dynamic oh, so we're, absolutely yeah yeah so we're sort of dividing our airspace with you or trying to do that trying to juggle it so it feels kind of balanced um, mm. but doing it in a way that doesn't feel so orchestrated but also feels organic and feels conversational mm. it is a little bit tricky and it's been a learning process for, for sure yeah for sure for sure it's one of those it's one of those weird ones so oiled but practice yeah. is <laughs> you know, you know, as 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 the best uh 
well-oiled machines are very very practiced because <laughs> it's it, yeah it just it i don't know i it's it's just cool it, it shows it's the the expertise and the experience shows from someone who's sitting on on this side of the same conversation it feels very organic and very thanks man uh, we talk about how fun, prepared yeah. we are we're just we're just plugging in some power right now into our laptop as it, as it goes as it goes dark oh uh, dude <laughs> no worries at all we would no. that's a that's an entire reason we did storm kings we had a year we recorded our podcast for a year before we even started re- recording our podcast and even even with that there's still times we'll be like like 15 minutes into an episode and then andy's like shit not recording and i'm like god damn it <laughs> Dude, we've done that we've done that we've done that we've done it so many times it's, it's one of those things and and tech is the most unreliable thing as well like we've we literally today plugged in the i i mm-hmm. did a zoom call like this last night for a D game where i i had some people playing online and some people in person and mm. i streamed like a part of the screen on a tv for the players there and then screen shared that to the players online everything mm. worked fine I plug in same camera system, no less than literally seven, eight hours later, yeah. and it goes, nope, no, 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 not, not, not working anymore. Not today. So I, leading up to this, I was fiddling with the camera, like, what the fuck has happened? <laughs> I was like, I've not even touched anything. This is crazy. Oh, no, it's, it's the word. We, yeah, no, that <sighs> blending virtual and tech and stuff with, with acting and TTRPG stuff it's such an interesting thing because yeah like you said there's been multiple times we've been on stream we've been recording or like whatever like nothing's been touched nothing's been changed like midstream it'll be like all of a sudden it's like my computer's like i don't know what a microphone is i've never seen one of these before (laughs) like (laughs) i lost it i don't know where it is it's like like why (laughs) why do you do this to me (laughs) but i feel you yeah no it's uh i mean there is that aspect of technology as well that is when we all making personal choices with technology, you know, yeah. we, we, mm-hmm. we use zoom for some things, we use some other aspects for our live streams, but also mm-hmm. I would say it's the same thing with, you know, with DMS, they have their own personal styles, whether, and we talked about it with Keith and you guys as well, mm-hmm. what we noticed about your style that was interesting. And I think it's very similar to yours, Billy. Mm-hmm. is music is a, is, and I'm not sure if it's driven by you, David or not, but music seems like it's a very thematically important thing in your mm-hmm. campaign can you talk about how how music plays that that role also where do you get your music because just 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 from one dm to another yeah. <laughs> hook me up where, where are you getting your music from of course of course, of course. Um, link, link me that shit uh, oh, I, yeah, i'll send it send it over uh we uh, uh most of most of where i get my music from is from this place called artlist.io okay. it's uh because it was funny i it's just a, like a, a royalty free like film <laughs> like mm-hmm. whatever it's called uh music library music yeah. source um and yeah that's where I get, I get most of it because i that's just what i was using at, at the editing job i was at when i started editing yeah. uh from afar i was like i'll just use this thing mm-hmm. um but yeah no music i, I think that also kind of goes just back to like storytelling and and like the film because like I'm a, I'm a filmmaker like first yeah. and foremost and like it's like a lot of times in the show i'll be talking about things and i'll be describing it like cam like camera movements or oh, the camera moves over here or this and it, i found that that just that helps players a lot because like we, most people have watched movies and they sort of know the basic terminology of like oh the camera pans this way you tilt this way the zoom in zoom mm-hmm. out 
and I, I feel like that really helps a lot with like theater of the mind stuff but with with music to me it is one of the most important aspects of a film like you mm -hmm. can see like whatever movie whatever movie without music and it can be the most emotional scene. It can be the most pivotal scene in the movie. And then you take the music out and you're like, this is so goofy. Like yeah, this sounds so strange. And then you, you, but if you, if you have the right music and the right tone, like when you're watching, you don't even hear the music. You just like are feeling these emotions and you're feeling these yeah. things. So I think with, um, when it comes to uh, D and D it's an, it, and especially like, like I was saying before with this, like, edited polished like podcast version of it it's it's one thing to have music at like the live table like that's that's one of the things i enjoy most about like dming live stuff is like finding oh all right what's the vibe right now like on yeah. the fly like adding stuff to the playlist or moving stuff around in the playlist but like when you're editing a show when you're editing a dnd session you get like you get a chance to really sit down and think about like okay cool i've edited this scene i've cut out all the extra words i've cut out everything and now like what's the vibe here what are what are we going for and i think it, it just adds if, if you do it successfully you can just add so much to the audience well, this, see, this is another thing it's weird because like when you're live dm when you're like live at the table dming your audience are the people who are also participating in the story yeah but then when, when you have a podcast or a, a live stream your audience are people who are who are just who are just watching so yeah. like i feel like having that differentiation is yeah. is 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 valid to, to keep in mind because like i said it's 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 a joy of mine to be at the table just like oh cool like this battle music is is, is too intense we gotta dial it back oh well, now now it's too like like kind of like constantly tweaking that and it's just it's a fun yeah. aspect but in the in the um edited version of, of the show you get that extra point to just sit down and be like okay cool what are we trying to say here what what are the emotions we're trying yeah. to get across here so i think i think it's like really important and i think it it just heightens and kind of takes your your scenes and your your story to the next level if you if you can do it or if I, you do it appropriately. I fully agree with you. It's like listening to myself talk about music and movies. That was so funny. <laughs> that was that was that was really weird. I've literally, I think, said that to so many of my friends <laughs> so many times. That's that's so weird. Uh, I, I, yes. I fully agree with you. Like more mm. than anything, like music to me. I, people, I literally spoke about this the other day with my grandma. <laughs> I was like, if someone asked me if I could be blind or deaf, I would choose blind every time because I can't live without music. I literally mm. just can't live without music. I would be fine. Like, I don't have to see shit, but I definitely <laughs> cannot live without hearing, like, Jimi Hendrix guitar licks. Like, oh, are you yeah. joking me? Like, I just, I need that stuff in my life. So mm -hmm. I think I, I really appreciate what you do with music. And Thank something you. else, uh, talking about your style, I, I'll talk about a little bit more about that in a second, some stuff that I really like. Um, mm -hmm. But I think the, the music aspect is so big and the stuff that you choose in your editing is so strong and powerful that it really does elevate it. What I wanted to ask you as well mm -hmm. um, about that is like, for me, something that I've begun doing is um, I said, oh, heck to, to copyright stuff because uh, I, 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 just, I just don't have the time to fucking be sat spending hours trying to find music for, yeah. for a D and D session in preparation when I've also got a session to write maps to find tokens <laughs> to make. Like I don't have fucking time for that shit. Um, mm -hmm. But um, what I've started doing now is using a lot of what I would call like modern music for fantasy oh, nice. stuff. So 
for combat, I'll play like a lot of like 90s hip hop, you know, like some Wu-Tang and stuff like that. And then have, you know, for like chase scenes, I play like a lot of EDM and like, you know, like drum and bass stuff cool. to keep it like, uh, and I try and like mix it up yeah. and use different types of music as opposed to just like your typical like loot and stuff. Because mm. I personally <laughs> find it's hard to, for me, I struggle to find the music that suits my moments in mm. that style and of that, literally the websites I've used, I've struggled with. I wanted to ask you, what type of keywords are you like putting into your mm. search thing when you're like, like, like how refined are you going in your search thing? Are you like emotional, acoustic guitar, yeah. crying, um, Western. like Western, yeah, exactly. Western with a trombone. Yeah. Uh, like how keywordy are you getting when you're, you're finding your music? And how long does it take you typically to find a song for a scene? That's another question I'm interested in. That, that is actually a cool question. Um, so full full disclosure here. Uh, mm -hmm. I haven't... Um, so recent, not recently, uh, when we started doing the show, I was doing every aspect of, of the editing. I was, yeah. I was editing. That. Yeah, so now we've, we've divided it up and yeah. Christian does all the sound design and, and music work. So I would, I would just to full full disclosure, and it, he is doing a, a phenomenal job. Yeah. He, his, it's he, he does excellent. Uh, so I haven't done it in a, in a while um, mm -hmm. for for the show, but um, when I was doing it, uh, it it took it took a it took a while honestly because there was the the websites we were using until we got Artlist didn't have that great of search options. It'd be like. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, cool. Uh, I need emotional music that has this sort of undertone and this sort of genre and this sort of instrument. And then I would get something like, sound like an eight bit Mario Kart theme song. <laughs> I'm like, this is nothing what I was going for. Um, Just getting some Ben Howard or something. You're like, yeah, oh, like, damn it. This is yeah, not even like, close this, to what I was wanting. This is cool music, but just not for this moment I'm looking for. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, so, uh, it, it used to take a really long time and we, mostly what we, we search for is is like based off of like genre and like mm -hmm. and like mood and um because mm -hmm. the, the the site we use now has like a really advanced uh you can have length and you can have mood and genre and instruments and uh, all sorts of other stuff mm -hmm. uh so but i think the thing that's been more more helpful is we've just been over the last two years now, because we've been doing this for a little over two years, we've just been we've just been building like a catalog of all the music we have. So like now, all our music on the website it has all the keywords to it, but all our music on, on our files is all divided up by like, oh, this one kind of has this vibe to it. It sort of sounds like uh, Asian, or this one sort of has like a super marching band feel to it, or this one this yeah. one's good like fight music that turns into kind of an emotional music. So. We use we we reuse a lot of our, our music and it it just like because we, we just know it and it's 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 weird every once in a while I'll hear because the site we use is not like exclusive to us every once in a while I'll be like watching TV or like watching whatever and I'll hear one of our songs come on I'm just like whoa that's <laughs> super strange <laughs> um, but uh, you said something a while a while ago that that. I resonated with uh you use a lot of modern music for yeah like hip-hop and and whatever yeah. i use a lot of like, like movie soundtracks yeah and like video game soundtracks that's that that's like one of my main things i don't 
yeah, I don't, I'm not a, necessarily a huge fan, a fan of just like, ah, uh, yes, the loot, the loot yeah. track. Here we go. Yeah. But like, I can be like, oh, wow, I've seen Harry Potter. And like, I know in this scene, this song was huge. Yeah. And that's kind of a similar vibe I'm going for. So I'll like find that song and like lay it over what in, in my live games or whatever. Because we can't use John Williams music in in my podcast, unfortunately. I, I would I would love to, but no, but we can't. <laughs> we need an open royalties license, dude. We're we're elevating your music, John Williams. You don't yeah, come on, man. You, this is what uh, you thought of what it was. This is what we're gonna yeah. make it. <laughs> exactly. Do you know what? I I it's surprising to me actually hearing you talk how freaking similar our styles are, like legitimately. Like I was just gonna say that. That is exactly how I operate. Like for and for me, movie soundtracks are like so huge to me mm-hmm. as well. Like that's especially if you go through. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't. You know soundtracks what, is a conversation where I could literally go for hours. I mean, oh, like, yeah, there's yeah. so many movies that have changed my life soundtrack wise. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, we've not we've not talked in this direction, but as far as playing style mm-hmm. as two players, I think you guys have a lot of similarities. What as well as how you how you interact how you try to find moments where you can bring others in. So mm-hmm. my experience is watching you two, I'm not hugely surprised that there is some commonality mm-hmm. in, um, in, in in another way, because yeah. I've seen it, I've definitely seen it with both of you as players mm. and how you're interacting in the game we're playing for sure. That, that, yeah. That's interesting. I, I, I would agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you because you mentioned yeah. it and I, I wanted to talk to you even during this podcast, something that I love that you do in our game where we, where we play in the Euro game and during this podcast and something on your podcast is mm. your pacing is freaking exceptional. You're up there, in my opinion, with people like Abria Iyengar uh, oh, in wow. terms of pacing. Like she hits pacing in a way that I really don't see many other DMs doing and adding dynamics to her like her like and not even just like emotional dynamics i mean literal like vocal pace of like delivering information so that it has impact and punch and stuff and i think you do it in a very similar oh. way um Thank you. how you do that also with space yeah you, that, you that's allow what I mean. space yeah. to actually have a voice which is really important and i've, I've seen it as well it's almost like oh, as well you. there's there's moments in like for example a moment that i really love uh, one of our favorite moments in film ever is um, at the end of Kill Bill 1, also in Kill Bill 2, um, when Bud and Bill are sat at the trailer talking about, oh, she just got through the crazy 88s. And she's like, she's doing it with a Hanzo sword? And where'd she get yeah. a fucking Hanzo sword? And he's like, you hawked your Hanzo sword? There's this beautiful moment where, you know, Bud says that line. He's like, you know, that lady deserves her revenge. We deserve to die. But in between the line, he has this pause where he like mm. swallows and thinks for and it's just a second and it changes the line in a way that means that it's like powerful it comes with heaviness it comes with him going from joking and being a bit of a douchebag to then knowing that he's being fucking real serious about this mm. and then instantly he switches back when he goes but so does she so <laughs> yeah. we'll just have to see you know and you're like and it's really beautifully delivered and i think you do that really well i, I wanted wow. to ask when you are dming how much is that something you're thinking about and is important to you while you're doing that? Well, for, first of all, thank you. That, that Tarantino and Kill Bill are some of my favorites of all time. Uh, so that, that warms my heart to, uh, <laughs> to be compared. Um, the, yeah, yeah. So I would say subconsciously that's like 
that's like all there is honestly mm-hmm. uh consciously whenever i'm damning it's i'm more just like terrified just like whoa oh i gotta gotta keep this voice up i gotta do this oh is this next thing gonna hit right um <laughs> but um, like but that's like storytelling and that level of of like passion that like tarantino has and in though because it happens all the time in his movies like those little moments of just like like you said it just it just shifts like a a, a look a breath a pause a, a an inflection changes an entire moment like i i feel like that is what story is like all about and as storytellers i think that's something that we all like at some level we all understand that because i don't i don't think yeah. you can i don't think you can be in this realm in this space without being a storyteller um and i don't think i don't think you can be a storyteller without having some sort of the natural grasp on that yeah. because you you can you can tell a joke you can tell a, you can re, recount an event whatever but like when you're like really telling a story when like you're really into it and really passionate about it like you're not thinking about like all right cool and I need to transition my my emotional state from happy to being serious, but I need to do that while remembering this old thing from my past. Like, you know, like all the things they teach you in like acting school and like how to get yeah. to those places, you 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 don't think about that when you're just like in the zone telling a story. And yeah, and I think that like like that's that's what it's all about. And I think that's what makes some actors great is they, they know how to tap in to that and like yeah. transition those moments. But I think yeah. just like from my, from my standpoint, uh, like I said, I'm mostly just more terrified about what, if I'm, if I'm remembering the AC of these goblins. <laughs> um, Sorry. Yeah. But oh. it, that's a, it's a, that's, that's a really, it's a really interesting question. And, I think I'm just sort of rambling to sort of try to wrap my mind around the, an, an answer for that, but that's, that's, that's a, that's a really, that's a really cool question. Thank you. You know, I'm what, in keep, your rambling, keep though, you've that. really, you've had some really poignant pauses that have oh, been that's... really powerful. Here's the thing. Again, mm. I, I, it's, it's so funny. I think every DM as well, this is hilarious because mm-hmm. I, I watch, I'm watching Critical Role season three at the moment and, and I'm watching Matt uh, in, in their like first or second like big combat um, mm-hmm. and he forgets that someone's got blessed and he forgets that they need to be running constitution checks when they get hit with damage. And, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, you know, at the end of the day, every dungeon master is sat there just shitting themselves, trying to remember 30 yep fucking thousand different things going yeah. on in that like this person has this spell effect and that spell mm. effect's going on over there and you're concentrating on this and mm. then it's like cool now it's my turn and as the dm i don't want to be the asshole that's going to take five minutes in combat to decide between the six spells that my bad guy has to do and his three <laughs> abilities so fuck it i'm just gonna ramble it becomes yeah. this whole thing where and actually i think the big thing that i the as a DM that I has assisted me is I have a note. I have three notes on my, I have one on my DM screen, one on my computer and one on my desk in front of me. And all of them say, slow the fuck down. Just yep. says, chill the fuck out, like mm. relax, slow down, think about it. And if anything, it says to me, take a pause. Your players are okay with you breathing for a second, mm-hmm. thinking, mm-hmm. 
and moving forward. They're not going to hate you for stalling for a quick second. And That's I think so true. It, it like it, that was one of the biggest things. And you know, what? I still fuck it up. Yesterday, there was like two moves. I was like, I was using a couple of characters, and we were in this huge combat because I, I basically ran this uh, the session where uh, the three three of the big uh, three three of the BBEGs in our world come together for this one day event where there a dog race happens, and they bet large land masses with each other, That's basically. Cool. Um, and so the players are there and one of them gets accused of cheating and like, yes, I'm cheating. And I have this powerful gem. Fuck you all basically. (laughs) And then everything just kicked off. Basically everyone started fighting each other. Mm -hmm. And, um, so at one point I think I had 20 pieces on, on the map. And I was like, (laughs) for, for me to use the big characters that actually have abilities here, like on their turn is Mm -hmm. ridiculous. So until you guys pick off some of the minions, I'm going to just have the big guys do like little basic things, like just yeah. keep you guys, you know, keep them on the map kind of thing. Mm. And it's one of those weird things, like you said, there's just so much going on as a DM to think about mm. pacing in the moment. It's just one of those things where, and something that uh, as a skateboarder has taken me ages to learn. For example, to do a kickflip, you mm. need to pop the board, you need to flick your foot off the board. And mm. the last bit of it is you need to get your ankle and flick like that with the ankle. Yeah. For years, as a young kid, I've been going, cool, you pop, flick, dump. Why isn't it working? Why isn't it working? Eventually, what you learn is if you do it enough times and you get the jump in there and you begin to get the rhythm, you actually don't think pop, slide, flick. You just think Mm -hmm. kick, flick. And your body does it. And you're Mm -hmm. like, and you're like, wow, that's really weird. It's the same thing with D&D. I think that that like pauses in those like moments come mm. when you're like cool i'm role playing i'm in it now i'm not thinking about anything and there's that moment because i'm doing it without even thinking at this moment like you said I, i'm not even thinking about it mm. and that's when that like real truth kind of comes out but i agree i, I really really agree that something i also really love that you that you said you do and it's something i do as well i, do, I actually do <laughs> cut scenes without yes. the players in them i do Same. cut scenes to like my bad guys doing stuff mm. without the players that mm. i'm like and I, I love the like the movie aspect. Hey, like the camera yeah. pans, like it zooms and like mm-hmm. you know, I, I try and do that stuff as well. It's so Dude, funny. I do exactly it's, that. It's it's wild because I used to I used to when we first started, people would like not necessarily get mad at me, but like they would be like, "That's not D and D." Like, what are you talking about? They're like, "You can't have a like a cutaway." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" They're like, "Like your like, your players." They don't know that why are you why are you having like a cutaway i'm like well my the, the the characters might not know that but like the amount the of world. just like yeah the, the world the world's happening like that, that's one yeah. of the things that i think is so cool about dnd and, and one of the things i think like players pick up on is like you go you come to a village do whatever blah blah, blah leave it come back and then if, if you if you're able to be like oh and there's still this axe mark like on the wall and like this little kid that you offended is now like a huge bully like there's like if you can like add that i think people love that but i think uh like something i realized that i like doing with with like cutaways is even if the even if the characters don't hear or don't see that the cut scene of like the bbeg like brewing the ultimate potion or whatever like the the amount of hype (laughs) that your players get when they see that like blackston the 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 white wizard might not see this but like andy 
was like, oh shit, this guy, he's, and so it's just like, like it just gets, it just gets like the in, investment more there. I feel like, and I, and I, and I love that. Um, I agree. I feel like, I feel like we just need to play more together. Cause I think we are just the same. Yeah. We are the same <laughs> with everything we're talking about. No, I'm 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 seeing not only a strong friendship forming, but but a mm-hmm. but a career playing together, definitely formulating it. as well. Let's freaking do it. Well, I will say, like, I I I've I have had the 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 honor of being a part of of multiple games and streams and whatever in the last, over the last yeah. couple of years, but like no joke, like the level that you two specifically in every everyone in Keystone game is doing amazing, but like yeah. the commitment that you two jumped into um your characters even like from a session from a, the first session which is hard it's hard to jump in and like be that character driven and that intentional but like you two because i think we had the the first like the, our first thing in that game was all three of us we were like yeah. at the bar throwing knives and stuff and like yeah. I, I remember just being like holy shit these two guys mean business like <laughs> like i gotta gotta keep up here because like, like you guys like it was like there was no questions like you're like boom this is it. This is what my character's doing. This is the choice I'm making for him. This is like, here's some backstory. Here's some intrigue. I was like, Whoo. This, it, it, was, it was very good. Well, you know what? It's interesting. Perspectives are everything, right? That's so, that, so funny. Yeah. I, was, I was just thinking that. That's yeah, saying, like father, dude, like son. Dude, my perspective was I'm the rookie in the room. And I just need to hang on by my fucking fingernails. And immediately I was like, holy shit. Like, it was like, to circle back, it was your pacing. It was your voice. It was your... We stepped away and we were like, Jess and David are insane. We were like, oh my God, (laughs) Jess's commitment and like just being legitimately an asshole. And like, just great. I was just like holy fuck jess mm. is so like when they talked about like oh i want to like mostly first person role play i was like wow jess is and then when you started doing your thing we were also like fucking david is insane. <laughs> we were like this is crazy but i think the thing that tom and i really came into that game with our mentality was look we appreciate that keith wants play testing so he wants us to come in and, and give it our all and i think something that tom and i've been redoing we watch a lot of the professional streams out there we watch a lot of the professional players and you know we look up to people like travis willingham you know uh lou lou wilson uh you know the the, you know um uh what's her name ishii like there's a bunch of amazing yeah uh incredible voice actors who play characters in ways that are like absolutely incredible and the way they interact with people and i think tom and i again are just constantly going how can we be the best of that? And how can mm, we do the yeah. best of that? And I think, like, for example, the voice I chose is my strongest accent. My Russian mm. accent is by far my strongest. So I was like, I'm going to go with that. It's something that I know I can do consistent throughout mm. the whole way through all of this. I know that I'm not going to fuck it up. And furthermore, like, I think a big part of that and something that I think we both decided early on was we were like, we need to have a floor that is like a big thing that we can play on from the start. We were like, we need to know what both of us is wrong. Like what's wrong with mm-hmm. us as mm-hmm. well as why are we also about to be the heroes of this world? Yeah. Like what is also fucking That's wrong with us? And I think we had that conversation when we were building our characters together. We were like, I, I almost said almost instantly, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a Titan Slayer who's a pussy. I was like, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> that's so that's funny. Amazing. I was like, that makes, that's <laughs> too funny for me. You know, yeah. and you were like, fuck it, I'll be a fighter 
a halfling. I'll be tiny and I'll be fucking like a yeah. badass fighter. Yeah. And we were yeah. like, cool. The dichotomies of that allowed yeah. us to grow that really nicely. But mm. first of all, I really appreciate you saying that uh, yeah, in terms too. of our art because it lets us know that we really are doing it right. And we hope to continue to bring that standard to each of those games. I know there's times where when it gets like four o'clock, I start being like, I'm so yeah. tired. I'm tuning out. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'll like phase in and Keith will be giving lore and I'll be like, wait a second. Yeah. I missed the last three sentences. God damn it, Keith. Fuck Look, it. Honestly, my, my hat is off to you guys because I knew it was late. I didn't realize, realize it was that late for you all. And the fact that you can even stay like just awake yeah. <laughs> for it is <laughs> fucking amazing. Like, oh, and well, I mean, it's, I it's tough. Sorry. No, go ahead. I, I, I was, well, I was, what I was going to say is just I, like sitting at a table, mm-hmm. that element of um, preparing or just committing or being engaged in the game is a form of respect, not just to the DM. I agree. I fully agree of, with like, you. Thank we're all here. Yeah. Like, we're all spending That's fucking four hours of our lives. Fucking important point. That and if we're going to do point. that, then let's do that. Like, let's, not, yeah. let's yeah. not half-ass it and, like, you know, show up and not know what, you know, not know what anything mm-hmm. is, not know where we were. Not what my characters can do, what my backstory is. Let's mm-hmm. read the notes of last session. Yeah, and yeah. so my, one, of, one of my questions was, it seems like you guys, and, and you see, you hear it a lot, this commitment level is hard to find. It really is super hard to find four people or five people that are invested in just the time to mm-hmm. each other outside of you outside know, the dungeon master. Who, yeah. if a dungeon master is running a game, unless they're the one dipping out or like canceling sessions, they're so committed to what they're doing. It's rare that a DM will cancel a game. Do you know oh, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. I often find DMs are like, you know, they've put so much effort into. They're made, they're actually moving things in their schedule. They're like, yeah, no. Get out of the way yeah. I need to get to it. But, I don't need to eat uh, yeah, today. Yeah, it's but, it's one of those weird ones that that, that that's out there. I, I wanted to ask about um your uh your your kind of thoughts on Keith and like the the, the whole way that yeah. he plays versus how you and I have just talked about our styles. Cause I know something that like things that I've assessed from Keith is we very rarely make any checks of anything when we're role playing, which I both love and kind mm. of hate at the same time. I'm like, I want to be able to upper hand you through the yeah. mechanics, but also I appreciate that you're letting me just completely have to think about this and role play you through this situation. Mm-hmm. So there's some dynamics that I really love and other parts of it that I'm less of a fan of, but I wanted to get your opinion on yeah. Keith and, and what you think. I, I think Keith is a, a master storyteller. I don't, I don't think you can do what he's done without having that, but yeah, there's a, a, it, I feel like I do very few checks Mm -hmm. and I I had that same thought. I'm like, wow, we're never doing any checks. Like, which is, (laughs) I mean, that's, it's, it's fine. Like we're, we're still having, having, having a good time, but like, yeah, like there's a, there's been a couple moments where like, I think this is just a a full on assumption. I feel like, some when you when you leave things up to the dice like it, it can totally change your story like if, if yeah. you're like all right did did you seduce the guard roll for it it's like oh shit yeah. i don't i don't actually know <laughs> like yeah. it yeah. depends on how this dice lands and I, I feel like sometimes with with this and maybe because it is a play test i feel like keith um is kind of using that dm power of like yeah. you don't you don't need to roll for it because i want the story to go this way yeah yeah um which is which is interesting um i think it's 
I, 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 lo I love, I love what Keith's doing. He's honestly, it, it's been probably one of the most unique, unique DM styles I've ever had to play with because agree. I don't think I've ever played with a DM who has fully completed, like fully inhabited and completed a world. Like, mm. like, cause Keith, Keith and Jess, like this is everything in this world they have made up over the past like 10 years. So it's, which is, it, yeah. it's amazing, but I feel like, I feel like kind of what we were talking about earlier, like, that it that is a, a a definite advantage for a dm to just know like mm. the inner workings of everything but I, yeah. I feel like sometimes it's gotten in the way like mm. there'll be times like i want to do this and he's like well okay that actually doesn't work that way because this this history and this king did this thing in this place and that means you can't do this but you didn't know that so i'm going to explain this to you and like he's not he's not wrong about it but i feel like every once in a while it because they they have so much love and and time put into like creating this world mm. i feel like sometimes for us as the players to just like just fuck around he's like <laughs> yeah. he's like he's like no that's not the way it works. <laughs> <laughs> like, which is which is fine it's yeah it's it's it it, it is wild the amount of lore they've put into it like when the that fucking pig god came up i was like oh my <laughs> gosh and i get to see it in his eyes he was like i have been waiting for this moment and here's all the oh, about it. i was like oh <laughs> Dude, two things stand out to me that have been really mm. highlighted um mm -hmm. one is his commitment to certain characters and it's not just oh, yeah. the the, the background of the character. I have Rakulara's voice in my head. <laughs> I had it in my head for fucking, fucking days. Man. I couldn't get it out. I was like, God damn it, Keith, what have you done? He did so oh, good. Yeah. And then that he, fucking Rapippi guy. God damn. Yeah, exactly. The other dude is the way he is was able to build suspense. Oh, yeah. on that last scene was masterful. Like oh, my the God. the foreboding that we had. The, we the trusted sense. that we trusted that <laughs> that town so freaking blindly it was so uh -huh. funny and, and just the how each page turned to mm -hmm. i don't know if this is right i'm starting to think it isn't right oh fuck uh -huh. i'm now starting to become certain it isn't right and then all of a sudden it's like we're in big fucking trouble like that was so nicely presented that I it agree. built like emotional organic you know like discomfort in us all that we were actually like panic you know chatting in, in, we were like, in <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i i think for me like i i want to uh, first of all i want to say this with all the respect we're dissecting keith at this point because yeah. it, we're, we're, we're looking at all the aspects of what keith does everything yeah. that we say comes with zero offense keith is oh, again of course, of course. has taught me so much about dming in the time that i've spent with him especially Same. like tom said his suspense and his character work, his character work truly, yeah. truly astounds me in of how he can adopt a character and like really, really connect with it and, mm. and go that place, uh, pull out amazing voices and mm. all that great stuff. Um, but I agree with you. There's parts of it where for me, um, I'm dyslexic. So visualization is a big part for me. So when I describe same <laughs> same it's, it's yeah. awful. <laughs> uh, and and so i need just like mm. especially especially if we're doing theater of the mind combat i need harsh borders and descriptions of where the fuck things are and what's mm. happening now don't get me wrong I, again like you said keith is doing this for the plot more mm. like for keith you can tell 
plot and story and playtest. Oh, yeah, overriding to something yeah. that's that's beyond our campaign. It's yeah, it's leading to a further objective. That, yeah, mm -hmm. that has uh, less to do with us and more to do with that that world. Yeah, so I yeah. get that fully. I fully agree with that as well. But I think there's definitely times like in the combat where. For example, when we were running through the forest, I was like, I have no clue what our order is at this point. I was like, yeah. I do not know. And then there was a point where you and Rapipi and Blake were talking and mm -hmm. me and Kayla were here and these guys were meant to be in the village. And then somehow we ended up in the same place. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely lost. Then a couple times in the barn, there were some moments where I was like, I swear you were here last mm -hmm. round of combat <laughs> and we suddenly things have shifted a little bit. But again, like I said, Keith values plot and story so much that it mm. it almost it doesn't even matter in some of those moments. And I haven't been too fussed. Mm. For me as well, the, the checks thing, I actually have our players make a decent amount of checks. I'm pretty, I'm pretty strong with like, if there's mm. a chance that you're going to mess up here, the moment it comes to there's a possibility, I'm like, cool, you're making a check. If you're backflipping off of a boat, you're making a check. If you're trying to hide or trying to cast a spell even, I'll be like, you're doing a sleight of hand check because if you're walking and you're trying to secretly cast a spell and it's got somatic or verbal components, mm -hmm. I, I've got, like, someone might see you fucking doing yeah. this shit, you yeah. know, while you're walking. So, <laughs> you know, I, I really value the checks and stuff. And so, and, and for mm -hmm. example, something that I think you said that is probably the biggest truth about the checks with Keith's games is the keeping it on a consistent path because... Yeah. For example, in our game last night, I run this event. Our, our pirate king is like, here is this half of this gem that is the most powerful gem in the world. Mm -hmm. um, I have it. I'm going to rule all of you. Fuck you, Imperial Daimyos. Fuck you, Mafia Don. I'm out of here, basically. Uh -huh. And as he's leaving, the players had this... And talk about like moments that you can feel as like players as well as characters. Culminates in our bard. Um, giving bardic inspiration to our dwarf and his familiar, um, mm -hmm. his familiar uh, pseudo dragon, mm. and then um, casting heat metal on our uh, on our fucking pirate captain who wears bangles and stuff. So he drops the stone. The pseudo dragon lifts our dwarf up because they've managed to create this ability through practicing enough that he can carry the dwarf. Uh -huh. So he carries the dwarf to the airship, puts him on. They grab the fucking stone dip off and i even roll a contest roll between the pirate king and the dragon to mm -hmm. see who's gonna get the stone first mm -hmm. they roll they beat him easily i'm like all i can do at this point is the players now have half of the most powerful gem in our world and i didn't want to have to fight you with the pirate king but now you're gonna have to fight the pirate <laughs> king and i'm like Which I, I didn't destine yeah. this but here we fucking are down to those dice rolls and it's led us there mm -hmm. Um, a final point that I wanted to touch on that you said is the, mm -hmm. the fact that they have the world built and that they're like um, almost giving us all this stuff and giving us all this stuff uh, and, and allowing us to, um, you know, uh, really like interact with this full and complete world that they have. Something that I think I value at my table at this point, mm -hmm. I, don't get me wrong, I'm going to really enjoy when my setting is complete. I'm, I'm going to be mm -hmm. really happy because at that point, I will know the corners of the world. I will know the political grievances. I will know the, you know, who's where, when, you know, blah, blah, blah. But for me, something that I love is having my rogue be like, oh, yes, I've seen that before. And me be like, 
look across the table and be like, have you? And then be like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. You know, because the Imperials come to my island, you know, a lot where I grew up. I would have seen that. And I'm like, of course you would have. So what that means, you would know this, you know, kind of thing. And allowing them to build stuff is something I really, really like, actually. It, it, it's something I really, really enjoy. But it's definitely, um, I think... Some, something that not always uh, DMs allow. Well, what's what's your thought on the building as you go as opposed to having oh, completed stuff? I was literally just talking about this last night with one of my very good friends. If you haven't met Nick from Scry Society yet, really? literally, he amazing person. He played in Keith's uh, last time, uh, la amazing. right before us. Nick's been DMing for years, just a really good dude yeah uh, sir I'll, I'll try to uh, tag you guys in something similar on twitter and okay. be like oh both these people are amazing people but we were literally just talking about this last night because and i feel like a lot of this comes from the improv actor background like the performer first because the, the it kind of goes to me the whole idea of like backstory is great and it's important and it like gets your character going but like front story is really where all the action happens and like if you can if you can get a player to be like, like, oh, like, no, like, if you can get them to like co-create with you without even really realizing it, like, then for them, that moment and that nugget of, of truth is going to be like so powerful. So yeah. like, if you can, I, I think I am like a huge supporter of that. I think, I think that that is what D&D &D is actually is those moments when together you as the dm you as the the leader the whatever however you want to say it like the the narrator of the story you you as the narrator and, and with your players if you can work to to create something together that exists in your story like that is like that is like pure magic in my in my opinion because people you, you always want your players to be invested obviously mm -hmm. and if if they can create something, if they can have a voice and have an agency to be like, oh, I, I, I not just as a as a character, as a hero, but as a yeah. as a physical person in the real world, have like impact on this story and on this world. Like, if they can create and and have that agency, they're going to be so invested in your game. And it just, it, it, like, I don't care, I don't care who the hell you are. You can be Matt Mercer. You can be steven spielberg you can be whoever you can be the most creative person in the world i don't care how creative you are someone's always going to have a more creative idea than you so if you're like yeah. i as the dm i've made this whole awesome world of of lizard people who live underneath the sand and it's like that's cool then it's like well now that you have that bit of like a lead like what can you add to that like how can you make this situation better and i think that like if you can give your players that moment and we, we do, we, I try to do this a lot on our show. It's like, I'll start to describe something or I'll start to, to talk about something. And then I'll just be like, Hey, well, what, what do you guys think about this? Or what do you guys, how, or how would your character interact with this? How would, how'd you do this? And then from those moments, it just, I'll like set the framework. And then I, I love when players flesh out the world, mm. basically that. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with mm. you. Uh, a classic one I do is you walk in and you see a figure. Um, what does he look like? Oh yeah. Uh, to, oh, yeah, yeah. To, to one of my players, you, you see, you see a half orc uh, figure mm. in the corner. What does he look like um, mm. as, as you're looking at him, uh, you know, Belladon or whatever. Mm. But so I, I do it with locations as well. I, I built a city. I had all the main locations. I'm like, cool. I, 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 I've got the 
the key points that they're going to go see for sure. And then uh, the bard is like, I want to go learn about this city. Library, please. I was like, mm-hmm. ah, library. Um, <laughs> yeah, library. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yes, yeah. There's one, the there's one uptown, of course. And, you know, they have, a, the they have a specter staff that are all satyrs that walk around that are librarians. And, you know, and there's a restricted section. And, you know, <laughs> course, oh, yeah, you know. And it's one of those things you that wouldn't have come up with it. I wouldn't have come up with it. And, you know, yeah. actually, when Lauren goes into the library, she's like, is it, she's like, as I'm looking around, I'm like kind of looking past the librarian's shoulders. Do I see any restricted areas or things where I could find juicy information? I'm like, roll for me. Let's see. She's like, yeah, yeah, 17. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, somewhere <laughs> off in the back, you can see a dark sign kind of. And you're like, and that's yes. like, that's what I kind of really, I personally, I really, really value really really love and uh, uh, it's nice to mm. you know meet someone who, who who is on the same same page as me in terms yeah. of that it, it, it's very very cool and, and interesting i think and you know what the, here's what i would say go on maybe five years ago mm. we might have been in that creative creative arc of mm. uh of the uo story but what you, now if you took your setting and mm. fast forwarded seven or eight or nine years and had fleshed it out to the extent that we're playing it then the perspective changes a little bit because now you're just you're just play testing those areas you're 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 you know you're rigor testing you know mm. does this does this pathway work do these characters work is the is the stat block sort of fitting with yeah. the scenario mm. they're, know, not, all this stuff they're is, not play testing for a stream they're play testing to make a setting which is different yeah. for that you need all the lore yeah. you need to know everything yeah you need to do all that. And an actual play podcast, I mean, shit, if you really, if a DM really wanted to, all you need is a starting village and your first plot yeah. hook. And then you go from, and then just build from there. Like, really, yeah. if you want to strip it back and make it as easy as possible for you as a DM, you know, that, uh, in terms of preparation. That, that's kind of how I prep, honestly. Like, I, hmm. I, when I first started, I was trying to plan out every angle and every I'm like, you gotta the, the whole like the meme of zach galifianakis and the calculations and stuff like <laughs> tried that didn't did not work and then i started you guys you guys actually had them on at one point the i think it was yeah sly flourish yeah yeah i think they did um or they, at least they helped make making a book called the lazy dungeon master yeah um and that is ever since i read that i was like okay this is this is much more of like a flexible approach yeah. to it and just the idea of like yeah kind of what you said like here's a couple points here's a couple secrets here's a couple things in this village oh the library of course yeah okay cool that we can we can make this plot hook that i kind of had now happen in the library like yeah. it's i think that's like what, what you were saying i resonate with that because it definitely prepping in more of like a light way like that mm-hmm. i think is actually more beneficial for at least at least the way we dm yeah. like Maybe not Matt Mercer. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I agree with you as well. And it's interesting. I actually, uh, we, we've heard the term uh, pantsers and planners. Some people do it by the seat of their pants. Other people plan. And um, I started as a planner. Just like you. Massive, yeah, like, to the point where I had like documents and documents, uh, uh, scripted stuff I was going to say. What the fuck? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even get close to saying some of that stuff. Oh, yeah. um, you know. And eventually you realize, and I showed, because I have one of my players who's wanting to DM his first one shot soon. Mm. And um, he's asking me, he's got an idea and he's asking me like how to write the one shot and stuff. And I showed, I said to him, look, do you want to see my notes for the session that we just ran? Like I have notes for the session we just ran. 
I showed mm. him and I have, this is what I had for the entire event that we just ran is, is one paragraph. And then my second paragraph is what is, is possible for what you would have done if we completed the combat and you guys got out of combat with yeah. a, like completely unscathed and whatnot. Everything else I was going to fucking make up on the spot. I'm like, it's just shit that I pull out of my fucking, I like, I know enough about my world at this point and what I wanted to happen that mm. I've paraphrased it into notes. And I just know like off of that bullet point, cool, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. You know, bing, 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 bing. And again, it's, I, I think a test of a true DM is really that, that ability to work with that and, and, and flow with that and, and kind of grow and expand and change and uh, do all that stuff. Something that, that, uh, you know, I definitely hadn't considered when I started. And I think it's mm. something that as the learning curve happens, you begin to learn that more and more, oh, absolutely. Uh, the more you do it. Um, I wanted to throw one final kind of question to you as, as, as we'll begin rounding this off cool, for cool, me. Cool. And I'll, I'll present mine. We'll go around, we'll go around and I'll, I'll go All first. Right. I want to ask what everyone, if you are the dungeon master of a table, mm. who is your dream table of people that if you could have like apex role players at your table, yeah. To be like, I would really love to see that dynamic and see them and be able to DM for them. Who's your apex team of predators? Um, I would say, let's go up to maybe six people. Um, for me, uh, mm. I would definitely go with Lou Wilson from Fantasy. So High. you're going with the actual, yeah, actual, actual, actual people, actual DMV people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Aware. Yeah. So can I would, we also can I, can I just say, go for it. Can we also bring in like any character actors that we think would be amazing? Uh, yeah, yeah, players? sure. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay. Um, okay. I'll, so I'm gonna go with Lou Wilson from Dimension Twenty. I'm gonna go with Travis Willingham because oh, I, yeah. I just can't can't be him. I, I take you, David. I'd actually <laughs> oh, take wow. Jess Penley as well. One hundred percent would take Jess. Uh, I take my mate ryan because he's one of the best improv people i've ever seen and then if i were to pull like a random number out of a hat if i were to like really think across all the other shit mm -hmm. that i've watched and things that i people who i think would be really really good um i don't know there's there's some great actors that are really fun and really mm -hmm. really boffy i think michael Sarah would be fucking hilarious oh in my goodness game. yeah amazing yeah, i think you know, so some someone from like that group, you know, like the the Michael Sarah, the Jonah Hill, the Jay yeah, Rochelle, yeah. like mm. one of those guys, I think would be very interesting yeah. to slot in as my final bit of comedy onto the table. But that's for me. Well, yeah. What about you? I no, 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 I want to pass it. To okay, you. go for it. Go for it. What uh, comes to mind for you? Let's see. Oh man, oh, it's, it's such a good question. Um, I mean, I, I feel like we've said before on on the show Dwayne the Rock Johnson, but I'm gonna. I'm going to move away from that for this one. I just, I, I, feel, actually, I just feel like any WWE wrestler would make an <laughs> amazing D&D. <laughs> they're always welcome. If anyone's listening, come come to my table. I want to <laughs> DM you. <laughs> um, but I think I actually think I probably have Travis as well, just because I love Travis. think he's yeah. amazing. I think it would be really, really cool to see probably Griffin McElroy at that table <laughs> as well. Yeah. And then uh probably jess is man jess is really freaking good like <laughs> jess is so good but i would i would probably take uh another person if you haven't if y'all haven't met her shannon from uh shannon robichard from paradise rpg have you guys have met no no uh, shannon sorry shannon shannon's amazing she would she would phenomenal at everything she does uh shannon so i take travis griffin shannon Ooh, 
Oh dang, this is uh, this question always always gets me. Uh, <laughs> then I think I would take one of my one of my probably like my improv train trainer from mm. Orlando. His name is uh, Richard Regan Paul. He's an amazing actor, amazing, nice, great dude. So that, uh, Travis Griffin, Shannon, Richard, uh, probably Andy. I would say probably nice. Andy. I think Andy's Andy's good in there. And then um, the final person, I feel like, I feel like Will Smith could do like an amazing job being, <laughs> being some sort of D&D person. I, I feel like he brings a level of sass that almost all oh, yeah. tables kind of need. <laughs> like, I feel gotta, like Will, I, I'm right there for that. And actually, I might have mm-hmm. my first dungeon master as well. My, my old drama teacher from school. I might Ooh. rotate him out. Uh, for, for one of mine as Careful. you guys are talking I was, I was i'm starting to lean towards like maybe comedian so i think kevin hart would be fun oh my gosh I think, yes uh, i think like theo vaughn who's a comedian is a, like sort mm. of a fringe comedian um mm-hmm. and he just his some of his random uh bullshittery just yeah his bullshittery <laughs> is, is on point um and then i I'd probably go back to like old school oh, or even like english character. what about english comedians as well like john mm. john richardson and people like those yeah, guys yeah. from they are 10 cats and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, yeah exactly like the, the improv like yeah. serious improv yeah. like you know i i think will ferrell has sort of gone out of favor but like prime <sighs> peak will ferrell oh, yeah. stepbrothers oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god if you could get step so or like or even like anchorman will oh my gosh yeah oh my that, you know that, that kind of feel would be a fun table paul rudd as well would be a great oh guy. my gosh do you know did you know that when they were shooting anchorman sorry a little little bit of random trivia it was so improvised they actually were able to cut an entire other movie out of the outtakes called wake up ron burgundy and it's on youtube <laughs> and it is the wildest shit i've ever seen in my entire life <laughs> I love it. I do yeah. honestly. The, that that movie is truly one of my favorite. I I I, I used to have a joke. I, since since uh, since becoming much more woke in my in my later years as a young jockey, uh, 17, 18 year old, <laughs> I used to say every man must own a copy of Anchorman. It's it's a yes. fact. Every, every every man has to own a, a VHS or a DVD copy of Anchorman. I agree. It, it's <laughs> it's a hilarious movie. It, yeah, it's it's a it's a bit risky in a few parts, but uh, yeah, it's sure. it's fucking hilarious fucking great um Dang. so we'll uh, we'll start rounding this off it's been absolutely incredible yeah. first of all i feel like there's so much more to talk about i feel like yeah. we're gonna have to have you back on at some point uh and, i will and, come back and, whenever you want me to and uh and continue continue jabbering with you but this has been mm. absolutely incredible and, and more than anything such an honor like i said tom and i have been like kind of swooning over you from afar <laughs> from, with playing with you Very and cool. your stream and your podcast and everything you know we've just been big fans and appreciating you from afar and actually when we found out the uo playtest, we were invited and then they created the the discord channel and i saw who was playing i saw your name and i was like oh i literally <laughs> said so i was like oh my god david tilster is in here i was like no way i was like this wow. is fucking crazy tom <laughs> oh my gosh thank you so much that that means that means that means the world thank you no of course um here i'll pass it over to you shout out where people can find you where they can support you and where where they can uh, where they can get involved with uh with far from and all that yeah yeah so everybody hello thank you for tuning in today it was very yeah <laughs> uh my name is david tilstra and you can find myself uh at david tilstra like pretty much everywhere um and then you can find my show, or not my show, the show that I, I help run uh, from a far podcast 
at from afar podcast on twitter and instagram and we just started a tiktok which i think has uh is also at from afar podcast and uh our website is at from afar podcast so pretty much at from afar podcast across the board you'll be able to find us nice. um and yeah no i've this is just this has been I've been looking forward to this ever since you guys messaged me. I was like, oh, yes, this is going to be so much fun. Um, so yeah, this, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I, I admire both of you greatly, and I, I hope that we can in the future work more and more and more together and even off air just as friends because yeah yeah 100 the feeling yeah. is very yeah. mutual the, the, very very mutual and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you a little a little secret um mm-hmm. i don't mind saying this either we were hoping to make you our 50th podcast because we felt like it was <laughs> a huge oh, honor wow. and, and, and such a pleasure However, we had someone hop in at the last minute to book a <laughs> podcast. And so we released them as number 50. So you're actually nice. going to be uh, number 52, uh, I think. Yeah, I think so. uh, but Heck honestly, yeah. we can't tell you how much we appreciate you. And, and this has just been such an honor um, for us here. Uh, we've been homing the dude, father and son. Um, uh, father and son podcast uh, and uh, mma ttrpg love it um check us out if you want npcs we have a website out now guys you can find our website it's homie and the dude we have all of our videos on there we have all our amazing npcs and we will be releasing our first npc pack very very soon so keep your Mm. eyes peeled for fully statted fully high res art custom tokens and uh new spells magic items and features uh, across all those characters as well so super excited to drop all of that but otherwise support us with the holy trinity like and follow on uh facebook subscribe on youtube and follow on twitter best ways to help us out otherwise been homie and the dude thank you david thanks david thank you guys this has been amazing hey guys thank you so much for watching homie and the dude today uh we hope you enjoyed this video if you did please hit us with the holy trinity Go follow us on Twitter, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and like the Facebook. It's the best way that you can help us out at the moment. Hope you have an awesome day. Thanks for watching, guys.